All men are created equal, but they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. Fight, liberty, and the If liberty means anything at all, it means the right to tell people what they do not want to hear. Make America great again. The Big Mick. Welcome back to the Big Mick Show. I am your host, Lance Miliacho, and as always, my co-host, George Ballantine, grinding away over there on the production console, as he always is. I appreciate everything he does behind the scenes because it's complicated as a mf -er, and you know what I'm trying to say. It's never easy. There's always something going on. Lance, uh, our, if liberty our, means anything at all, I'm sorry, George. No, no, sorry. Again, our boys just came in, so I'm going to set them up. Great. Okay. If liberty means anything at all, it means the right to tell people what they do not want to hear. You know that's our plan on this show, edge of the knife, tip of the spear. Our plan on the Big Meg is to get this country back on track. We're going to educate you. We're going to bring you the right guests. We're going to bring you the right receipts, the right information. We're going to debunk the phony stories if we can for you. And we're going to try to do our best not to provide you with a bunch of BS like the mainstream media does, right? The controlled narrative. That's what they do over and over and over again. They spin the truth. They spin the lies. You get a story, 15% of it's truth, 85% of it's BS. Next thing you know, they spin it over on uh, all the big platforms, and then all of a sudden, here come all the shills. No. TikTok, Facebook, X. The paid shill accounts jump on board, just like they're trying to protect Fannie Willis right now. It's not going to help. She has buried herself. She's admitted to crimes in open court, in my opinion. Uh, we'll, we'll be talking about that here shortly. Uh, I want to thank our sponsors seaofmud.com patriotic apparel for the whole family and a lots more as you guys know they've got the beanies they've got the stanley cup tumblers they've got coolers and of course home in the big mig swag you can get the hoodie the long sleeve or the short sleeve t-shirt we still got a few of those in stock so check it out go over there and pick one up if you can uh it's a great company, great ownership. The guy's really committed to the parallel economy and America first. I love his posts. He was on fire today. And of course, Beard Vet Coffee. Those guys, it doesn't really, really almost don't need any introduction. These guys are great. You know them. The coffee tastes great. 12 ounce bag for $12.99. And that is BeardVet.com. They also have Beard Vet Tactical, Beard Vet Energy Drink, which, George, you and I need to get some of that energy drink, I think. Yeah, I could use them right now. Yeah, you could use a little shock, couldn't you? You I look could. like you have a little bit of that tiredness in no, your brain. No, 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 I'm good. The music gets me going. I'm just, you know, got so many things going on. You know and me, I, 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 think I, I, hate when, I hate when our guests come late. You know what I mean? I know he's smiling right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, that happens. George gets a little antsy when they're not in the studio early because he wants to set up the shots, and I don't blame him. In the meanwhile, ideordie.com, that's ideordie.com. It's the top verified org on X, in my opinion. They believe in free speech for everyone. They're fighting every single day to do that. We know there's still some suppression algorithms over on X, but ideordie is doing their best to try to solve that for many people, including us ever since the suspensions back when they suspended us with Donald Trump. I believe the, the labels were put on there and they've never been lifted, even though I don't think they were deserved at any point. 
Um, listen, and we want to say thanks to the listeners and subscribers. We know a lot of you people are are downloading our podcast episodes on all the other audio platforms. You can find it on Google, SoundCloud, Apple, uh, Podbean. Uh, man, it's just there's just so many of them. And you can definitely find us on pretty much every audio platform right now. Of course, if you're not subscribing to us on Rumble, we'd appreciate it if you would subscribe, uh, even if you can only do the, fr the free subscription. Of course, if you can do the paid subscription for a couple bucks a month, we appreciate that. Same thing over on Locals, Tips, Rumble Ramps. That's how we run the show. That's how we pay. Uh, you'd be surprised what the monthly costs are to run a show like this. It doesn't seem like it should be a lot. But in fact, it actually is considerable when you start putting in all the details between the travel for stories and the rest of it and get pretty complicated but you guys without the people that listen and subscribe to this show you know there wouldn't be any reason for us to do it we'd just be a sounding board george and i would just be talking to each other all day long God like we do me. anyway like we do anyway so it wouldn't be doing any benefit feel free to share the content so tonight's show is not any different than ever on this platform and you know doesn't matter where you're watching us if you're watching us on x rumble locals youtube uh we try to bring the right people and obviously, you guys know that we regularly bring on congressional candidates. Why? Because that's one of the, the, the most important things we need to fix, right? We've got a bunch of uniparty, uh, corrupt congressional members. That's on both sides of the aisle. You guys would never talk about anything different than other that. You know, that's our real belief, right? Um, on this show, anyway. But it's important. We have to get people in there that are America first patriots that aren't there to do the book deals or the dark money deals, aren't there for the insider trading. They're people that love the country and know how important that when they take their oath to support this country, their constitutional oath, that that's the supreme law of the land. Our current congressional members, many of them don't even have a verified oath of office signed and on file. I believe that's intentional because obviously the charges are much lower than they're just impersonating a congressional member. They only have 30 days to get those in. But it is the supreme law of the land. And it's obvious that our people in D.C., well, they don't think so. They think they're above the law. They think the rule of law only applies to George, myself, Ryan Zink, who you're going to be talking to in a minute. And we've seen this, right? We see this just even J6. And that's kind of the connection here, right? That's the nexus. Ryan Zink's a political prisoner. He's already faced it for basically doing nothing other than investigative journalism and, 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 and obviously enjoying his free speech right. He made some comments out in public. Of course, they've tried to take that to a whole different level. But it was a Fed surrection. We know the pipe bomber at this point obviously was in and out of the FBI building. We know that to be a fact that he's been tracked. Tony Saruga's put a lot of the information up, as of many others. I can tell you with what I know about EOD, the way they handled those devices was very irregular. They would have cleared a 10-block radius, because normally with EOD, you set up the first device to draw the people in. But we're we'll get into that, because I think, I think Ryan's going to have some great input on that. We're going to talk about some of the information we have to prove to you that the J6 is a Fed surrection and always was. Nancy Pelosi created the event because they needed the fear to put the fear mongering. Did I just lose Lance? I just lost Lance. Look at that. Uh-oh. Hold on. It's their main thing, oh. cheat in these elections. So Ryan Zink's Lance, a political prisoner. Yeah. You just you were frozen for a second. Oh, was I? Yeah. Am I back? Am I back? You're back now. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're good. Oh, you're frozen again. I don't know what's going on. Fix your camera, Lance. I'm taking over. You're beat. 
Hold on, let me go to single shot here. All right, we're back. Here we go. So, before we go any further, Lance was uh, talking. I need to give a shout out. We had a Patriot brother in need of help. He's a real good friend of mine, a lot of friend to a lot of people. Does a lot of work behind the scenes in front of everybody with a lot of information. He's a veteran. He goes by Punisher Dem 1776. The IRS, people had sent the IRS on him. They took him to court. They're, they're not letting him see documents. They're just hammering this poor guy, making him. He's got to pay $25,000. He's going to lose his house. He's going to be thrown out in the streets. So he's got to give, send, go. I'm putting it in the chat. I will put it in the, um, in the edited section in the, um, under the video, too. So if you guys can please help. I mean, I put out posts. I'm on X. I'm on True Social. You'll find the post with the give, send, go link. I told everybody, if you give a dollar, we reach this in no time. Because I got 50,000 followers. He's got 280,000 followers. I'm nobody. I mean, just a dollar. If everybody would just give one dollar, we'd get this man out of this hole, get the IRS off his back. I said, ass. You know, so he would do it for you if he can. I know the guy. He's a good friend. I mean, if I want somebody right next to me in the hole, it's him. Because I know we'll get out of it, and he ain't leaving. So... Do me a favor, go to Give, Send, Go. If you can give a dollar, five dollars, whatever you can give. But pass it around. We appreciate it. He'll appreciate it. He's a tough guy. He doesn't like to be show so so much humility, but he's coming around. You know, nobody likes to ask for help. I never did. It was hard, but I learned to. So we're just going to give him a little push in the six. You know what I mean? Oh, let me bring Lance back in. Hold on. Lance is always messing my shit up. Lance, you're back. Look at that. I'm going to give you back. Hold on, guys. I'm sorry for all this mess here, but it ain't my fault today. I'm doing good. Lance, there you are. Mm-hmm. Hold on. I'm going to bring you back so I can finish. All right. All right. Well, I apologize for that. I reset the router. Hopefully, I noticed a little problem with our fiber today over here in Denver. I'm not sure what it was about. Anyway, let's get back. I don't know what George has done, but we'll just cover it and make sure. So I was, he's in the 19th I was, district. I was doing the go gifts ahead. and go for Punisher gotcha. Dem 1776. Okay, great. Well, he's overtaking a rhino incumbent, which obviously we don't need any more rhinos in Congress. We already have enough of those. Nope. We obviously need a guy like Ryan Zink in place. Uh, they don't even run a Democrat against him. I guess it's such a strong uh, red uh, district that they don't even try. So it's really down to him and this rhino. And that's what we have to do is get the rhino out and put him in. We'll let him tell you about that. But, you know, as uh, during his incarceration, he's an incumbent America first and presidential endorsement issues for Texas. And I, we've got some top issues that I pulled off the site we're going to cover tonight, and we'll discuss that. And, of course, obviously, current news as usual. George, I don't think there's any more reason for Whoa. me to continue to introduce him when he's no, back. No, no, let's show the thumbnail first, man. Oh, please. Jumping the gun here. There it is. Elected true Texan, Ryan Zink. U.S. House District 19. Look at that flag right there next to his name. I put that I there. See that. You know, we got Texas oil. We got to keep Texas oil in Texas. We got to drill mm -hmm. it out of the ground because, you know, Biden, he don't want to use it. A lot of money to keep a lot of Texans and um, families yeah. fed and warmth and all the good stuff. All right. 
Look at that. He definitely doesn't want energy independence. I know that. It, obviously, by his policies, it's pretty clear. Ryan's probably going to talk more about that because, obviously, oh, an oil state. We're going to talk about farmers and ranchers also. I'm not happy about the Chinese buying up farmland, and I don't know why we're allowing them to. It's more garbage by this administration. But, George, you going to bring them in? Yeah, I'm just uh, – hold on. There we go. There you go, bud. There we go. Welcome to the Big Mig Show. Ryan Zink from Texas. Thank How you doing, guys. Ryan? I'm doing I'm doing great, man. It's always good to be on be on the shows and it's great to be here on the Big Mig Show. Yeah, we apologize. We threw you off a little bit with East Coast time. We set everything on East Coast. The majority of our interviews, no, for Lance. some reason, most of the interviews come in from the East Coast. Yeah, George? Time out. Nope, nope. That one's going on Sheriff Joshua James. That's his fault. We're going to blame Sheriff. <laughs> I know he's uh, there uh, somewhere we're hiding in the corner over there. He's hiding I, in that one because you know he messed up, Joshua. <laughs> we got we got a blame. We're blame shifting. I don't know about that. You know me. I always take it on the nose if it's my fault. Uh, well, whatever it is, we, we've got the fingers. So now we do know it is Sheriff Joshua James's fault. I hate to hold him uh, hold him to task, but it happens. But let me be honest with you. It is difficult because we deal with people all across the country. So that East Coast, Mountain States, you know, uh, GMT even complicates it even further because some people occasionally come on the show from overseas. So it's not easy. So, Ryan, you know, I, obviously uh, you're, you're, you're trying to get into the big show, as they call it, in politics. Uh, but let's let's give the people let's start because obviously something made you political. It probably was J6. Maybe it was prior to that. Yeah. But let's talk about, you know, kind of a little bit of your background and tell people, you know, how you were raised and where you're from and kind of what is even making you want to get into politics. So uh, for the last 10 years, I've been in Lubbock, Texas. Uh, I went to school at Texas Tech University. I was majoring in media strategy and public relations. And uh, I was never political. Like, it just uh, wasn't a topic that I really cared to follow. I, I didn't even vote for the first time until I was 32 because I saw that uh, Donald Trump had come in and he was running against Hillary Clinton. And I just thought to myself, what kind of woman would – Stay with a man like that, you know, talking about Bill Clinton. Yeah. And, uh, so I, I registered to vote. I voted for Trump. And then uh, I started, you know, kind of going down the, the rabbit hole of things and figuring stuff out. Well, then my father uh, over in Arizona, he decided that he was going to run for Congress because he had seen some irregularities and some stuff in, in mm. Maricopa County. I think we've all heard that word a time or two. And, yeah. Uh, he, he decided that he was going to run, and uh, he really didn't know much about media, about how to get you know out into the public forum and to get out and stuff. And um, I was injured at the time. I, I'd actually taken a step back from school because I was hit by a uh, either a drug or an alcohol-impaired driver. I still haven't figured out which to this day. But uh, I was on workman's comp, and I was severely injured in my, my neck and my shoulder. And my dad worked in sports medicine for years and years and years. And so I decided to go see the old man in Phoenix and, uh, you know, get some, get some free uh, treatment mm -hmm. from, uh, from him. And while I was there, he was, you know, talking about that there was going to be this huge um, rally that he thought history was going to happen in the United States. And he asked me if I wanted to go. And I said, no, <laughs> I was like, I don't want to go. And, uh, I want to go like get back to Lubbock because I was a small business owner and a musician. And I was trying to, oh. you know, get, get things going. Wait. And, uh, no, go ahead. You're good. Sorry. 
Okay, go ahead. We said wait, so we were all waiting yeah, for you to you say know something. Why? <laughs> I gotta, you know what? Let, no, let me just do this now. You're a musician, you just said? Yes, yes. Yeah, uh, I, I, was, I was the world's okayest guitar player that can carry it too. So I, I actually heard that you're a good singer. I actually... Most people don't know this, and I didn't know this, but um, Joshua James is a good singer, and I was told you're even a better singer. So we're going to give you a little advice because you should do this. People will love a can. If you make some kind of tune-up right now and put it out there, a video, a song, it will garner you good attention, and and people will support that, and it will get your name out there. So being as you're a consultant right now, you're going to do it. I'm going to make sure Joshua James, make sure you do it. Because you don't want to let the big, big mafia down. Because they're all saying right now, like, what? He can sing? Mafia, you guys want to hear him sing a, a tune and, and make a song? I don't know about how corrupt Biden is and the border's overrun and how he's going to fix it. J6 defendant here. Okay, you can carry on. You're putting him on the spot. I don't know if he can produce on, on, on the fly like that, but it's not a bad idea. Obviously, every candidate needs a hook. And at the end of the day, you have to engage people at all levels because, let's face it, no matter what the demographic is on a scale of 1 to 10, you're trying to engage the largest part of that. I think sometimes making it very personable with people, making it very personal, it's kind of like dog comms. People love dog comms, right? That's one mm -hmm. of the things that we always talk about with candidates. At the end of the day, but go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. George kind of threw you a wrench there. Get, go oh, ahead and continue from where you were at. What good campaign manager does. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm absolutely about it. I, I really can sing. I've got a I've got an amazing voice that I was gifted uh, from the Lord above. And uh, if somebody was willing to, you know, donate some studio time and some hired guns, I'm pretty sure we could knock out two or three songs in an afternoon in a good studio. Um, Man, just keep it uh, real. Uh, do it in the basement. Do it in your house. Just sing. Do some, write a little something and just put it out there just to showcase yourself. That's all. You know, you need all that. And then watch. It will just, it will just take off. Look at who's the dude um, that sang that song. He took off huge. I can't remember the guy's name. Oh, are you talking about the 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 guy that wrote the the song about uh, what is it the the no the politicians that eat or the oh. north of Richland yeah how does it go, how does it go to yeah. Yeah. how does it go yeah Oliver and Anthony. Yeah, yeah, yeah Oliver Anthony. That's I was trying it. to get yeah, him to sing Lance. Come well, on. I think I think people I, I think people are at that point. Uh, they obviously like that kind of grassroots, uh, you know, uh, and the music obviously on the conservative side. If you've seen lots of people, it doesn't matter whether it's on the rap side or otherwise, highly successful because people are looking uh, for ways to really understand. They're they're confused and they're frustrated about what's going on. So go ahead, Ryan. We didn't mean to cut you off. You go ahead. That's all good, but. Uh, so anyways, you know, my I was trying to get back to Lubbock, uh, you know, to get back here. And I didn't. So I didn't even want to go because politics just really didn't interest me. And so my dad finally told me he was like, you know, we can we can provide the trip for you uh, through the campaign. Like we can get some stuff going. And so I finally I was like, all right, I guess I'll go do this because my, my dad really at the time he was such a unknown candidate with everything that was going on but yeah uh, he really needed some help and so you know of course i love my dad and i'd do anything for him so um we made our way up to uh to washington dc and uh it was a, it was definitely a life-changing decision it was definitely something that you know the lord has has you know blessed me i struggled with it at first but uh i think that the blessings are coming 
So, you know, we go to January 6th and uh, we stay at some family's house that live just on the other side of Marlboro, Maryland. And we took the, uh, the metro into Washington, D.C. that day. And, uh, I, you know, I started taking pictures as soon as we left the house. You know, there were, there were um, all kinds of people that were already, and this is at like 5 a.m. There's already people on the metro chanting, stop this deal. Like it had, you know, progressed rapidly into uh, a large event. And um, so we get off the metro and we make our way over to, uh, you know, the Washington Monument and all those other places. And. We were going to go try to hear uh, President Trump and a few of the other speakers speak, but the uh, Secret Service denied me my access because I had all of my media gear with me. You know, I had my camera, my laptop, my media bag with all my, you know, SD cards and water and food and everything else in it. And so we decided that we were going to go have lunch and then we ate at some of the food trucks that were in front that were in front of a building that I've become very familiar with, the E. Barrett Jackson Prettyman Courthouse. <laughs> 333 Constitution Avenue. Um, and, um, you know, we had made our way to the front of the Capitol uh, shortly after this. And I say it's about one o'clock at this time. We went and had, Dad had an interview with the Epic Times. And uh, we were up at, at the uh, the smaller fountain, not the big fountain, uh, that's, that's over in the front of the Capitol building. And then we made our way over to uh, to the east side of the building where we were going to go look at the Supreme Court and try to, you know, try to figure out what was going on since we weren't able to hear the speakers. And then uh, this is when I think America changed uh, was on this day. It was sometime around uh, 145. Um, there was uh, a few capital. There were a few capital police officers that were speaking to a man in a megaphone who were telling the entire crowd on the east side of the building that they were going to uh, that they that they were aware of the uh, the permits that allowed people to protest in the area, and that they were going to talk to their leadership, and that they were going to allow everyone to get upstairs. That's what they kept saying is that they were going to let us get upstairs. And um, we can't, you know, we can't really see like what's happening to the left of us, but to the right of us, all of a sudden, there's hundreds of people that are just making their way into the uh, into the plaza. And at this point, directly in front of me and my father is when a Capitol Police officer begins to wave with both hands like this as he's uh, waving people through the barricade. And he would later testify under oath that he was waving to other Capitol Police officers. But uh, I'm not even sure that the, that the officer that testified at my hearing was the actual officer that was doing that that day. There's a lot of speculation around whether or not it was actually him. So... Uh, made my way in into uh you know the area over the visitor center and I, i'm not like me and my dad are both injured so we're not like sprinting like some people were like we're hanging back at the back and we're um you know just kind of assessing what's going on we even had a conversation after the barricades were opened up that we had even seen police officers to our right that were moving the barricades open and um you know we've my dad asked me, he's like, well, what do we do from here? And I was like, I don't know. I'm out of my element. This is crazy. And um, because, you know, I had never covered political events. I was a sports broadcaster. Like I was a journalist who was down on the field, like covering football games for the university and basketball games and stuff like that. So my typical job was to just to get r people riled up and 
you know, give good content that people would come and they would try to stick around and view what was going on. And uh, that was actually used against me at my trial in D.C. Right. At this point, was there any indication to you by any of the officers, by anything that you saw sign wise? Was there any indication to believe that they weren't giving you guys access? No. So the common misconception that a lot of people see is that the DOJ uses this big red line that's drawn on a map. And the only area of the Capitol that had any type of signage, I would like, and I didn't even notice it when I was there because they try to make these signs appear as though they're huge, but they're not. They're, you know, they're about, I'd say like this big and it said like restricted area or whatever on them, but it was only in the area where the construction was, where they were erecting the scaffolding. And nobody, like, the rest of the way, all the way around the Capitol, none of those signs were there. They weren't present. They were not there. Mm. And, and you thought at that point that there were permits for a peaceful protest that were in place that were actually giving you guys assets, correct? I didn't even know that there were permits in the area. I only heard that from the guy on the megaphone. I'm not a political, like, I, I had yeah. no idea what's going on for the day. But when I see... When I hear what they're talking about with those Capitol Police officers and I see the guy in front of me waving people through and then I see police officers do our right that are moving barricades out of the way, it's pretty, like, I, I would think that any normal person would assume that that area has been open. And uh, the DOJ doesn't see it that way, however. Um, so then, you know, like, we're just kind of standing around. I'm making some posts like, well, we're storming the Capitol. You know, they can't stop us. Like, because originally, you know, they were telling us that we weren't allowed to protest up there. And then all of a sudden, you know, it appeared like they had finally, you know, given in to the fact that there were permits. And so I'm, you know, I'm making content. I'm not doing anything to people around me. I'm trying to get people vestedly interested in what's happening so that they'll stay viewing the content because I'm not saying anything to people that are around me. I'm talking into my phone on a Facebook mm. that maybe had like 400 followers. So it wasn't like I was, yeah. you know, talking to this mass surplus audience of these right wing racist extremists who are hell bent on taking over the government. Yeah. Like people from my area, like from Lubbock, it was like, it's it's a, it's well, we were watching the events that day. We saw lots of posts. I think a lot of it was tongue-in-cheek when people said, we're storming the Capitol. I remember one person actually posting that, and it was a picture uh, he took with an older woman that was handing out sandwiches. And I thought that it was tongue-in-cheek in a lot of ways because at the end of the day, it, you know, a violent insurrection would include everybody being armed to the teeth. It's not like especially Texans aren't, uh, you know, armed to the teeth. And, and nobody was armed. And, of course, the, the violence started to uh, – any, any of the violence that they can actually indicate that actually happened was after they started using the less lethal munitions and they started agitating the crowd. That was intentional. They weren't getting the, they weren't getting the effect they wanted because even as you see the videos that have been released, even though all of them haven't been, but there are much more available now than there were before, you know, people walking in the rotund, they, they were looking around like they were on a tour. A lot of them were staying inside the ropes looking around. Uh, and to me, that doesn't have the trappings of a violent insurrection or the intent. You know, they say in a crime, you have to have the mens rea 
of intent when you commit the crime. Yeah. If you commit a crime by accident, not knowing that it's a crime, allegedly even the DOJ is supposed to say that, well, Ryan didn't, it wasn't like he was posting for three weeks, we're gonna storm, we're, we're gonna get this overturned with violence. It wasn't like you were doing that. You were there covering it as a journalist and obviously, obviously spending time with your father. At the end of the day, that's what I mean, right? They, they take that and they should have said, well, he didn't have the mens rea. But they don't. They don't talk about that when you go into uh, the federal di the court. I know how it works. It's an ugly situation, and they just ramrod you through the system. They try to get you to enter a plea as quickly as possible, which gives them jurisdiction, subject matter jurisdiction, and then of course it goes from there. So I understand the process, but when you think about it, that's the whole thing, right? That was their plan all along because they had to turn yeah. it into an event that they could try to use at a later date, like they are now with Donald Trump. And of course, they don't want peaceful assembly. They don't want to see three, four, five million people turn out because we're tired of the corruption in DC. So what do they do? They fear monger. They take people like you that weren't doing anything and they obviously do that. So go ahead, Ryan, take it from there. So, you know, at this point, like I've made a couple of posts. Um, I'm, I'm walking, like I'm not even at the front. There's four or 500 people in front of me. <sighs> You know, kind of standing at the back. Well, then it looks to us that the that the police had opened up the uh, the steps because they're initially it it just looked like everybody stopped. It, it wasn't like there was like a police line or like anything like that. It just looked like everybody stopped at the stairs, mm -hmm. and then the Capitol Police had come down, and uh, you know we're just kind of talking to people. You you saw like people with cameras get behind them and start taking pictures, and they started you know to uh, go through. Like there, there were already camera people on the steps before anybody even got up there. So then this is the kind of the point of the day, I guess, where like everything really changed is because this is when I actually saw something happen for the first time. So mm -hmm. uh, me and my dad make our way up to the right of the stairs um, because that's where he wanted to go. He's the congressional candidate at the time. And um, so we make our way up to the steps and get on to the porch next to the Columbus doors. And there's a gentleman by the name of Hunter Allen Emke who is confirmed to be Antifa. And I was not allowed to use that in court either. Um, but he jumps up on the ledge of the windowsill that's to the right of the Columbus doors. And he punches and kicks out that window, which at that time, Capitol Police swiftly knocks him to the ground with a riot shield, tackles him, and takes him into custody, which I don't see a problem with. At that time some of the people started turning on these police officers and I was not okay with that because, you know, I've thought that, you know, they opened up the area for us to make our voices heard or whatever, but this is damaging the Capitol. This is damaging property. This isn't okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I, I actually said that, and this is on video. I have it posted on my give, send go, uh, where you can go to, uh, what parlor saw on that website and you can see me and I say, leave them alone. They're just doing their job. He's breaking the law. That's not why we came here. And, you know, even though I was just there as immediate coverage, the people around me were there for a reason that they felt. But attacking and, and hurting police officers was never part of the agenda. I come from a family and from a party that has always respected law enforcement. Correct. And, you. and I saw somebody who was damaging federal property. And I didn't even know what that meant at the time. I just was like, you know, hey, you don't. Yeah. I wouldn't go to my neighbor's house and bust out a window, much less would I go to the United States Capitol yeah. to do it. Um, so immediately at this point, you know, the crowd calms down because I do have a loud voice. 
and uh, they backed off. They stopped, uh, you know, attacking uh, the police because they were they were saying things like, you know, we're gonna f and kill you. You guys are a bunch of traitors. You're not taking them. You're not f and taking them. And I just like that. I'm not okay with that. So I stood up for those police officers, and then I immediately made my way up to United States Capitol Police Officer Benjamin Fluke, and I asked him, how can I help him? And he told me to stay. He said, um, take pictures of them and if they attack us. And so I did. I started doing that faithfully, and I started doing that diligently. I took hundreds of pictures for these guys. Mm-hmm. And at this point, I started – my father – met another Capitol Police officer, which the DOJ has refused to identify. They never allowed him to be identified so that we could cross-reference him. Um, and we were sitting there, and he, my dad was telling him, he's like, you know, hi, my name's Jeff. This is my son, Ryan. We captured all of this on video of this gentleman that decided to kick out these windows and punch him out up here. It, here is my business card. And he hands this police officer um a a card and he's a police officer that's wearing the white mask i can identify him in all the videos but he still has not been identified to this day and he tells us he's like okay great you know thank you for you know for doing that we'll definitely be in contact you because that's probably some footage that we'll use as we prosecute this this guy and so you know we're we're thinking at the time that we're helping with this investigation of what's going on here and that we're going to be contacted by the United States Capitol Police or possibly the FBI. You know, I, I didn't know any of these entities at the time. Mm-hmm. And so I'm taking these pictures for them. You know, we're sitting there and I'm listening to this police officer's radio that he has on his shoulder. And he's saying that, you know, there's a fire inside of the building. Like there's, you know, there's people that have actually breached inside of the building. And we were, I was like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm going to post this to my Facebook. And I made a post that said, you know, literally inside of the Capitol, there are shots fired. There's a fire. Multiple injuries have been reported. Stay tuned. There's more coming. And um, I was listening to this happen. And then it comes to the part of the day, which I think really set the tone for the way the rest of this was going to go, was when Ashley Babbitt was murdered. And uh, she was, of course, murdered by an officer that goes by Michael Byrd. And no charges or investigations have been, you know, have gone towards his way for the fact that he shot an unarmed woman uh, inside of the Capitol, who's also a former veteran and service member. And uh, I just I I recently met her mother. And, you know, for every time that I'm on a show, like her name will be said because we cannot let her die in vain. And um, those police officers that were on that porch, particularly under the direction of the one who was wearing the white mask, they didn't know where the shooter was. They thought that it was below us because all that they had was shots fired. That was what the, you know, the, the yeah. audience that I was able to hear. And they actually took me and my father behind that police line that was holding Hunter Emke there and shielded us because we were helping them, which they vehemently denied at my at my trial. They were like, that never happened. That never happened. And, and Ryan, it- let me ask you this. Did they, one of the biggest complaints we've heard from many of the J6ers is it that the, the areas they were in, the uh, DOJ and uh, Washington, D.C., refuses to provide 
obviously massive amounts of camera angles that are available there, and they refuse to provide that information. Obviously, in my opinion, they're withholding Brady and exculpatory material because a lot of it doesn't shine the best light on them. Is that the same situation? Were there cameras that had they given you the video would have clearly proven everything you're saying? Yeah, yeah. And so as I understand right now, we've only been given about 600 to 1400 cameras uh, in total discovery. And I, in fact, I never got all of my discovery. I took a, a, like a thousand pictures on January 6th mm -hmm. and I was only given 27 uh, pictures and videos to defend myself while I was at trial, despite multiple attempts to get discovery. Mm -hmm. And we even asked at trial if the yeah. if they would Hold your thought. George has started the commercial break music. That's my trigger to shut the hell up. Don't you guys go anywhere. Your subscribers, Big Mig Mafia, stay tuned. Ryan will be right back and we'll be covering more of J6 and his congressional run. Yeah, don't go nowhere or else I'll have Sheriff Joshua James lock you up for abandonment. Yeah. Be right back. For your toughest jobs or your most rugged excursions. Introducing Sea of Mud Apparel, your go-to destination for clothing that embodies the relentless spirit of rural America. We were blue collar before it was cool to say you work for a living. Let your clothes speak for you. Embrace quality, comfort, and the American way. Shop now at seaofmud.com. Patriots, listen up. It's time to wake up and smell the freedom. Beard Vet Coffee is here to fuel your American spirit. This isn't just coffee. It's a battle cry in a cup, a declaration of love for the land of the free and the home of the brave. Crafted by the hands of those who've walked the walk, talked the talk, and, yeah, grown the damn beard. Vet-founded, vet-focused, and beard-operated. This is coffee with a mission, a purpose, and a testament to the unyielding American spirit. It's a tribute to the tireless resolve that courses through the veins of our great nation. This is the taste of victory, the flavor of freedom, the coffee that stands as firm as our belief in America's destiny to lead and never to kneel. Beard Vet Coffee is more than a brand. It's a legacy steeped in the principles that make America great. It's for those who stand with pride under the stars and stripes, who uphold the values that light the torch of liberty for the world to see. So, are you ready to supercharge your day the American way? Beard Vet Coffee is not just a choice. It's a declaration of independence from mediocre mornings. Bold, brave, unbound, brewed for the American patriot. Beard Vet Coffee, make your mornings great again. I'm excited to announce that we're having our biggest Christmas sale ever. You get our brand new six-piece My Towels for only $29.98. Or rejuvenate your bed with a MyPillow mattress topper as low as $99.99. Or how about MyPillow bed sheets for as low as $24.98? There's something for everyone. 
duvets, quilts, down comforters, body pillows, bolster pillows, and so much more. Well, I know my pillow products make for the perfect Christmas gifts, so I'm going to extend my money back guarantee until March 1st, 2024. So go to mypillow.com now or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to get huge discounts on all my pillow products. For example, you get our six piece towels for only $29.98, or get your very own my pillow bed sheets for as low as $24.98. It's our biggest Christmas sale ever. Get all your shopping done now while quantities last. Welcome to the next generation of warfare, psychological warfare. In modern conflict, the mind is a potent weapon. Discover General Michael T. Flynn's groundbreaking guide, A Citizen's Guide to Fifth Generation Warfare. Unlock tactics, strategies, and the mindset to navigate this cognitive battlefield that we all find ourselves in. Equip yourself against manipulation and emerge unscathed. Unleash your potential. Order now. Welcome back to the Big Mig Show. Here we your hosts, Lance Miliaccio, George Ballantine, and our guest, badass... Texas Congressional District 19 candidate Ryan Zink, also a J6 defendant. So we know he's going to straighten shit out. I almost felt like you were going to. I almost felt like you were going to throw in there. Let's get ready to rumble. <laughs> I almost thought that was coming, George. I wasn't you know, sure where you were going there. I just want to <laughs> see how the um, how it picks up the name when I say when I do the translations. Later. Oh, That's you were very clear for the transcript. I we translate our shows into 20 languages, and sometimes the the machine not sometimes. Uh, does not. Yeah, it does not like the way George and I, I think it's our New York accents, don't hold that against us, but at the end of the day, our New York, New Jersey accents. So, Ryan, let's pick up from Brady and his sculptory material and the camera, uh, the details from your video cameras and uh, photos taken that they wouldn't provide. And give me your, what? And again, I, I love what you said. I believe you're right. You probably took some pictures they didn't want you to have for a number of reasons. Pick it up from there. So, uh, you know, like like I said before we were going into break, I, I think that there's multiple cameras that will exonerate me completely um, that were on the east side porch because they're, you know, they have other cameras that are outside of the building. And it just seems ridiculous to me that there wouldn't be one. But there's never been one that's been identified. And um, the majority of what I say, like, I've really never been discredited on anything that I've said, even at trial, because the evidence that was presented is basically all fudged by, you know, Benny Thompson and the January 6th uh, unselect committee that fraudulently just lied about basically everything that was there. So as and as far as January 6th defendants getting discovery, it's not happening. You know, they, they do these massive file dumps on you and it takes so long to sort through everything that's there. And plus you have all the you know, the federal witnesses from, you know, the FBI and from all this, you know, even my FBI agent, he lied outright in, in order to get me arrested. Um, I'll go, I'll go into that whenever I talk about, you know, getting arrested or whatever, but, um, you know, shortly, you know, after this point of, you know, these police officers and us in, engaging with them on, on the porch, like we left under the assumption 
that we were going to be uh, helping with a police investigation. So I really wasn't able to post any of that content because I wasn't quite sure what the what the rule of law was mm. about posting stuff that you that there was like a crime that was committed, even if it was your intellectual property, because I owned that. That was a portion of my media company. <laughs> And uh, because I owned my own business and doing media and photographs was a part of my of my business. You know, I wasn't very successful at it, but it was still a part of it. I had my own. Yeah. And um, so, you know, uh, we left the porch that uh, we left the porch that day, but not before the first part of of uh, what started to unfold. I was finally able to capture because a, an injured U.S. Capitol police officer came out of the building and he had, you know, his whole face was covered in in orange, and um, he was every bit as orange as you know Democrats depict Trump, and it was just incredible to me that this happened. So I was trying to find some water in my bag for him because it looked like he needed to rinse his eyes out, but I only had flavored water. But luckily the guy next to me, had, he had some regular water. So we handed that over to him and it appeared that he had some kind of injury because uh, my dad, you know, like I said, he worked in sports medicine. So he was able to identify that fairly quickly and, you know, told him like, Hey, probably need to get this guy some medical attention because it looks like he has a shoulder injury and we offered to help because you know i had gone to paramedic school i i didn't i didn't complete the programs because i just figured that medicine wasn't for me it just wasn't something that i wanted to be involved in and um you know they de they declined the service but then uh that same police officer in the white mask had instructed us that muriel bowser had put a curfew in that it was probably a good idea for us to get out of there even despite the fact that we were helping and he even told us that day they're not going to be friendly when they get here cleaning the place out. So we were like, oh, man, you know, sure, you know, no problem. And we turned and shook hands and made our way over. But that police officer that was injured had come from inside. And I told my dad, I was like, you know, hey, I'd really like to get some pictures to try to see of what's going on since the doors are now open. You know, these 20,000 pound doors that are mag medically sealed that can only be opened from the control room inside of the Capitol are, mm. are now open. And um, so my dad helped me climb up onto the ledge because I was, you know, I was injured. I couldn't just jump up there. And uh, he helped me climb up there and I zoomed in with my big, with my long lens that's like about that big. Mm -hmm. And I zoomed all the way into the building, and for the first time, I saw somebody who was uh, having, you know, uh, a fight with a police officer. And I leaned down to my dad at the time, and I was like, "We have to get the f out of here right now. We've got to go." And he's like, "What is going on?" And I was like, "There are people that are beating the shit out of those cops. They're beating them. They're beating them." And he was like, let's go. He's like, this is out of control, this stuff that's happening. And see, we had no idea that, you know, they had fired munitions on the other yeah, side. Yeah. We had no clue. It had been it had been peaceful all the way up until we saw that police officer that was over there. I hadn't really seen anything at all that was the videos we reviewed, it seemed like everything was peaceful till still until they started using the less lethal munitions and they were hitting people with uh, you know, all sorts of stuff. And I think that triggered it because people got angry because it was peaceful up until that point. Of course, you also had the phony agitators like Ray Epps in the crowd that were trying to facilitate that sort of a reaction. Let's face it, the sweetheart deal he got doesn't even make any sense. They gave him, what, a year and a day, I think, because it had to be a felony 
But of course, I don't think he's doing any jail time whatsoever, even though he incited, he incited more action than otherwise. So let me ask you this, because I want to get to, I want to make sure we cover your campaign points here. I want to talk about J6 if you get in there. But before we do that, so have you been sentenced or are you waiting on sentencing? What's going on with your case? So I'm at the Supreme Court with U.S. versus Fisher. Uh, we are waiting on the ruling of the Enron financial corporate crimes felony that they charged all the January Sixers with. This is a felony that carries a 20-year felony weight to wow. it, and it is in regard to financial corporate crimes. And it is, uh, it basically is during. It's from the Enron case. Mm-hmm. where a person was destroying documents or threatening a federal witness, you would get hit with this felony. Well, I didn't threaten a federal witness, and I didn't destroy any documents. Obstruction of an official proceeding, 1512C2 is what I was charged with. That's the big one. Um, and we're waiting on the Supreme Court to do the right decision and say that this has not been applied under the correct application of law. This was a catch-all grab that they tried to do to make to make it hurt for First Amendment value for people like myself because I wouldn't take a plea deal. And um, so, uh, you know, I refused a plea deal. My plea deal was basically you're going to state that you went to Washington, D.C. under the direction of Donald Trump and that you were there to overthrow the government. And that's not why I went there. And I'm not going to sign something that's a lie. Um, I haven't lied about any part of this process that's come up with this, and, I, and I'm not going to. Because well, I, that's the weaponization of the DOJ, though. Of course, that's what they do. They normally indict you, and then they supersede indict you. And then what they do is they try to plea agree, because at the end of the day, let's face it, statistically, getting convictions in 96% of your cases is physically impossible unless you're cheating. And that's what the federal government does. They cheat in their cases. They misapply the law. They misapply statutes. They hide Brady exculpatory material. They eavesdrop very famous stuff going on with Securus facilities who provides uh, phone services for many uh, of the prisons across the country and the pre-hold, the pre-trial you know, pre detainment. And they've been yeah. uh, providing attorney-client phone calls to all the de- de- Department of Justice all across the country. It happened in Kansas, happened in Texas, happened in New Hampshire, happened in California, but they keep sweeping it under the rug. It should be the biggest case in the country because you have the right to secure communications with your uh, legal team. Of course, the law libraries are garbage while you're in an incarceration, and there's just so many other things that are wrong. And that leads me to what I'm going to say to you. you get, right now, you're elected tomorrow. What's your policy for trying to fix this garbage they've done to the American people on J6? What would be uh, what you would try to get done if you were in there? Well, I think that the, the first and foremost is itemized bill voting because all of this stuff that's coming out right now is, is done on these 3,000-page omnibus bill type stuff. Yeah. You know, they, they say, oh, well, we're going to give a raise to the troops, but then we're also going to show softcore pornography to your children at schools. But, hey, we got a raise for the troops. Woohoo! Yeah. I think, I think that that's super critical. For J6, if I'm elected, my office is going to be staffed 24 hours a day for attorneys and for um, people who need to get, you know, evidence in to get stuff onto the floor. I'll be working with, you know, Trennis Evans, Ivan Raikland, any of these guys that I can work with to make sure that the truth gets in. And then, um, you know, setting term limits, making sure that, you know, there's an accountability factor. I'd love to strip the the budget and of 
Congress, Senate. There's no reason for these people to be making $174,000 a year. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Why, you know, money was never supposed to be involved in politics because money corrupts, you know, corruption uh, leads to power and absolute power means absolute corruption. Nothing well, I think the biggest corruption. problem, in my opinion, Ryan, and I don't mean to cut you off there, but I think one of the biggest problems for me is uh, it's it, there's no consequences, right? You can right. basically do anything you want in Washington, D.C. if you're those in power, if you're part of the elite's network. You can do whatever you want, right? There's no consequences and no accountability. There's no charges. They talk about censuring. I don't want to hear about censuring. If you if you screw up, if you do something like AOC or you do something like uh, any one of the other candidates, if you insider trade, I want you to be, in, I want you to be investigated, charged, indicted, and convicted on the spot. I want you to immediately be thrown out of Congress. At the end of the day, if, it's kind of like having a person that works for you that steals from you. And if Absolutely. they steal from you one day and they get away with it, then the next day they steal some more and the next day they steal some more. And before you know it, there's part of the theft is part of their, uh, you know, overall income working for you. And that's the problem. We have congressional candidates that have obviously committed crimes. I mean, Diane Feinstein, 96, still in Congress at that point. Uh, she's flying around in a $63 million paid for jet. She has nine 96 million in net worth, but her entire career in Congress, she didn't quite make $6 million. Now, you and I both know there's only one way she could have done that, insider trading, dirty deals, book deals, and who knows what other corruption. I think some of these people need to be just absolutely yanked out of there, fully televised on CNN, just like they did to General Flynn and, and, and Roger Stone. And that's the thing. Are you prepared to drop the hammer on these people and get away from this? Oh, we're going to impeach him. I don't care if Mayorkas has been impeached. I want him criminally charged for yeah. violating his oath to the U.S. Constitution to protect this country from all enemies, foreign and domestic. Is that part of your game plan? Uh, absolutely. I mean, I you know, I have not been given fair application under the law. I have been denied a majority of my rights, but I think that accountability has to be a big factor and it's got to be it's got to be serious because this is this is America that we're talking about. You know, the Democrats always like to say, "Well, you know, we're protecting democracy. We don't live in a democracy. We live in a constitutional republic." Correct. And our constitutional republic means that whenever you violate the constitution and you're an elected official, there has to be consequences because this is the whole I reason that we left England was because there was not a way for us to be free under that system. And when you jeopardize that freedom, you are costing us everything. Now, I, I want to keep it moving here because I know we only have a certain amount of time and I want to make sure they cover it. You guys just came back from the border. Now, yes. we know uh, border security. George and I have been covering lots and lots of stories. Michael Yan, Ben Berkwam, Oscar L. Blue, and many others. We know, uh, and we've got even gotten some inside intel for some cartel information that nobody else got, which had to do with the flow of weapons and guns and what their long-term game plan is. My point is, George and I are constantly talking about this. The border it is a cluster F if there ever was one. There, you know, KGP, the Biden administration, and many of the members in Congress continue to lie to the American public directly. Now, in my opinion, a lie should immediately trigger censure. When you're lying about something and acting like they didn't find 10 IEDs recently trying to come into the country, that they don't know about the military-aged Chinese that are actually living, we got this information directly from the NFSC. George and I hosted an event. Uh, we're part of a guest appearance at the NFSC's uh, 
uh, Lunar New Year's event. And we got to direct from the sources that there are safe houses all across the United States that are holding military-aged Chinese. And they've got a plan, and they're, and they're obviously going to do something about it. What's your plan for border? Because that is a major issue. Obviously, Texas, the largest uh, country that's uh, you know connecting to Mexico. What are your thoughts? Uh, I I think that the border needs to be shut down. I'm I'm all for having. I call it my 50-50-50 plan. I think that every fifty yards, there's a fifty-foot tower with a fifty-caliber machine gun on a turret, because. We have got to secure our border. Uh, when I went when I went down there, you know, they had their wonderful press pass. It's not to say that I don't appreciate Ken Paxton and Governor Abbott making an effort to to get the border shut down. But let's be honest, that was a photo op. It was a media opportunity. Shelby yeah, Trump was absolutely spotless. You could eat off of it. You go five minutes in either direction. It's wide open. There's trash yeah. everywhere. There's yeah, I think it was. I think it was all optics. I agree with you 100 percent. Because at the end of the day, if I was the governor of Texas, I would have uh, mobilized the National Guard and I would have gone into full force and effect. I would have ignored uh, Biden and I would have thrown out every federal agency within Texas. I would have told <laughs> them to remove themselves. Of course, you have to be prepared that at that point, all your federal funding's gone. So you have to have a plan. Whether you you know whether you would we have. Got a, it. We got yeah. it. And whether you have an additional tax, but that would be my position. I'd be like, yeah, so the FBI, you get out of our state, you get out of our state, you remove yourselves. Because at the end of the day, the highest law of the land, as Sheriff Joshua James knows, is the elected official, the sheriff. But that's not how they act, right? The federal agencies act as though they're godlike. You know, they're demigods in the way that they behave with the states because they get away with it because people like Abbott continue to just set. And I agree with you. I think it was optics. I didn't think what happened should have happened, which he should have locked down the entire border. Uh, you know, and if, and, and if I was president of the United States, I can tell you that my policy would be considerably different. I would stop all traffic immediately and I would give yeah. the Mexican president an ultimatum. Deal with the cartels or we will. And I'm going to start drone strikes in 96 yeah. hours. So Lance. I'm just going to tell you that's the direction. George, so, go ahead. Uh, st two stories just came out. One today, uh, Ben Berkman. Um, yeah. It's yeah. got footage of illegal alien camp on U.S. soil in, in Aravaca, Arizona. Yeah. I mean, yep. it's crazy if you look at the pictures of the camp. Then you had, did you see with James O'Keefe? He exposed a nonprofit called non yeah. Nomas Muertes. Oh, yeah. That's, Muerta. Facil that's facilitating yeah. cartel members' human smuggling to Phoenix. Yeah. And they actually held a journalist at gunpoint, too. But it's all right. Yeah, they, you know, they, he went in there as, as they, they were doing surveying, another, another undercover op. Uh, by him, but yeah, I mean, at it's least crazy. He, at least he so, wasn't gay this time. That's a good point. So oh. let's. So the border, we just you you believe we'd have to shut it down right away. Do you believe full shutdown is what's necessary? I do actually. I, I think that you know it's it's not just it's not just Mexico that's doing this. We had a beautiful, beautiful remain in Mexico policy, and you know, detain and deport. I mean, it that's that's what it should have been. Yeah. And the Biden administration came in and they ruined that. You know, we had the lowest numbers that we've seen for a long time. And now they want to throw up these bills. All of these other countries like Guatemala, what did they do? They emptied their jails. They emptied their prisons, yeah. emptied their mental wards. And they started sending these people over here. Well, Mexico is complicit in this. And if we're going to do this, we're going to impose tariffs. We've got to impose sanctions and we've got mm -hmm. to start going after the cartel.
Ben Berkwam has a bag of IDs that right now sits at 96 separate countries. So we're not just talking about Central America, Mexico, and oh, otherwise. They are dumping people into our country, the worst of the worst. And at the end of the day, the administration is criminal. In my behavior, at least in my opinion, they, they've impeached Mayorkas, but they should have immediately moved to impeach Kamala Harris because she's supposed to be the border czar. And I would have immediately moved to 25th Amendment Joe Biden because obviously yeah. having a guy with dementia carrying our nuclear football can't be a good idea. Uh, we just discussed that with Buzz Patterson from X, and he used to carry the nuclear football for the Clintons, and he said, absolutely, it is an incredible danger. Military, I can't stand the woke ideology. Uh, you know, I, I have some background as a government contractor. I do not like what they're doing to our military. They've depleted our uh, nuclear, I, I mean, our military stockpiles. The amount of money that's been funneled out from different uh, budgets to assist the ugliness of what I consider, you know, four wars that we seem to have our head in in one way or the other. Uh, obviously, Ukraine being the biggest issue, 200 plus million. What's your plan for the military? So I've I've been discussing this with a couple of veterans. I think that the best thing that we should do is turn that over all of the care, like the VA and everything else that comes with the after part of the military. I think we should turn that over to veterans and let veterans run it. I think that they have a good idea. We just got to get them the funding of what they need. As far as the military goes, we've been struck down to, I, I heard the other day that you no longer have to have a high school diploma or a GED to get into the Navy. You just have to score 50 or higher on the ASVAB. That's correct. And so, you know, whenever we lower the standard of what's going on and our military becomes this ideological political testing ground, I'm sorry if I'm if I offend anybody when I say that I don't want my soldiers, the people that are defending my country, to be soft or be confused about who they are. I want killers. We have the biggest, baddest, best military in the entire freaking world. And I don't want those guys having to question what bathroom they need to go to. These guys need to be able to yeah. just whatever they're yeah. doing right in the middle of the field and get back to shooting or blowing something up. Yeah. But, A guy that's questioning his gender or having confusion uh, whether it's an LGBTQT or otherwise, I don't believe that person is the right person to have on a battlefield. You're going to see a lot of reactions until you're actually in a combat situation. It's easy to talk the talk, but it's very difficult to walk the walk. Combat changes the uh, appearance for a lot of people. There's nothing like having a couple of you know uh, zingers flying by you to really get your adrenaline going and realize what kind of a situation you're actually in. But these people are not prepared. I have said it many times. I think Millie's a traitor. If it was up to me, he would be incarcerated right. immediately if I was president. I'd probably walk in with, you know, a hundred executive orders day one. And, I, you know, it, I'd pull in my teams and I'd just be snatching people. At the end of the day, I don't think I'd be, I'd probably be a one-term president, not very popular. But I would make sure that we were America first. You never know. Yeah. You got yeah, rid of all those know. shit bags. So, you might like you it. all the people that with the media, you'd probably be pretty popular. Yeah, yeah. Well, at the end of the day, I would cut off the head of the snake. Well, these these NGOs and the 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 deep state cabal operations like the WEF, the WHO, the UN. I would complete completely terminate those relationships, and they would be added added to my uh, international terrorist watch list, which, which would allow me to engage in military action by putting them on that list. So they, they don't like me. I don't like them. I don't trust them. And again. I believe in this country, I would put the needs of this country before every other country on the planet. And my Absolutely. people might call me selfish, but that's my top priority, at least in my own opinion. Defending children, George, I'm gonna let you take this one because this is right, you talk about this constantly. 
Defending children? I mean, listen, what's your not to say or do? Kids, to me, kids are innocent. You know, it's if they do something wrong, they're a kid. You just got to be taught how to do it right. But if they continue, then, then you blame the parents. But uh, what's going on with these kids in our school systems today is freaking erroneous. It's They're trying to get these kids to think a certain way, the way they want. We all say, this, especially these LBGTQ, Lance's theory is... I can't even keep up with it. There's so damn many. Every time I turn around, they want to add another letter or number to that damn list. It's for um, the acceptance of Mike Obama when uh, he becomes president. You know, that's yeah, what, I think that's it's, the I think, they're, I think they're trying to grease the skids for big Mike Obama. I'll stay with that opinion until the day I die. Yeah. Your plan for this. What are you going to do to stop this BS in the school systems? Uh, I think that we need to return the power back to the states, back to the people, and back to the parents. Uh, the Board of Education is an absolute joke. Um, they don't need to um, <laughs> get rid of them is what I'm saying. Get rid of the board yeah. of education. <laughs> yeah. The, the, it, that organization is just absolutely just asinine. Parents need to have parents choice. I want to put up litigation that will absolutely remove that. Right. I don't think that we need vouchers that transfer with students because then we're just going to create uneven learning environments because everyone's going to want to go to the rich school. And not everybody can move, so it creates an unfair advantage to the students that are left in those districts. Because if we will stop spending money on stupid education, like, I don't know, when the U.S. sent, like, what was it, $86 million or billion dollars to Pakistan for gender studies, if we deport that right into our schools, I'm pretty sure that we could have the number one education in the entire world. And parents need yeah. to vote on the curriculum that their, that their child is seeing. Because yeah, these 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 buried budgets for all these obscure pet projects are nothing but a money laundering operation. That's why they make those bills four thousand pages long that nobody's yep. ever going to read. And all those pet projects, nothing different than what they gave money to Ukraine even before the war. I believe that money is laundered back through many programs. It doesn't matter whether it's Barisma. Doesn't matter whether it's the big big industrial military complex or big pharma that money comes back in one way or the other that's how the people in congress get so fabulously wealthy on their what i would consider you know lower number financially as far as payroll you think it's a high number i actually think they're in some ways maybe underpaid and i'll give you my argument when you put congressional members around incredibly wealthy people like a bill gates or anybody else, uh, an Alexander Soros, that the potential for corruption is much higher, but it's also because there's no oversight. There's no oversight. Their financial records aren't being oversighted. They're not checking their uh, communication devices. They're not being drug tested. We know there's lots of drugs. We know about the sex parties. We've heard all the stories. I mean, recently, the homosexuality, I, I don't understand how he didn't face charges, but at the end yeah, of the day, I guess those he, are the choices. He went way further into the building yeah. than I did. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, he, he, he was in deeper for sure. Uh, here's a deal. And that was a pun. George, I'm surprised I didn't get a small joke out of you on that one. Uh, listen, energy independence. This is some bullshit what's going on. You know, the uh, we had a pipeline that was supposed to be completed. Biden shut it down. Our energy independence is in question now. But yet we want to ship natural gas out all over the world. Uh, yeah. Biden appears to, he's obviously depleted our strategic reserve intentionally so because that strategic reserve was topped up during the period of Trump. Now we're back to not having a strategic reserve. Uh, the XL pipeline, the Keystone XL is shut down. 
uh, fracking and lots of other questions. Of course, they always want to talk about green energy, one of the biggest jokes on the planet. I don't care whether it's windmill, lithium batteries. We can talk about any topic. It's all crap. The technology's not there. I do believe there are some potentials for green energy. Hydrogen fuel cell is probably the most likely, and probably nuclear. I believe with the technology and the systems we have now, nuclear is still a good guess. Your thoughts on oil and gas, because uh, I don't like us being dependent. I want us to be oil and gas independent. Drill, baby, drill. I'm telling you right now, we're nearly $35 trillion in debt. There's no way that we're going to pay for this unless it comes out of, of American energy independence. I built thousands of wind turbines whenever I worked for one of those companies. That grid will never catch up. Not yeah. in this lifetime will it catch up. And I built them. I was proud to build them. They and, say you can't recover the cost of a windmill in its lifetime. It, it actually fails before you actually recover it, the actual cost. But again, yeah, but the construction cost alone of these cranes that are like a million dollars a day for renting, you don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. don't catch up to it. Yeah, because you probably have to use one of the big, big, what those are the 300 tons, right? Mm -hmm. The big cranes, yeah. Yeah. So, at the, yeah, so at the end of the day, that's the key, right? So I agree with you on the drill, drill, drill. Okay, so we know we got a major problem with healthcare. Not only are we giving, kicking VA out and taking over their healthcare so we can give it to a bunch of illegal immigrants, which I don't agree with all. It's crap. I disagree with it completely. Legal immigration is the only process I agree in. And I don't want a bunch of guys that have been released out of a prison cell. I want doctors and I want engineers and I want highly, highly educated individuals that can add to the U.S., not people that want to get on the dole. Our healthcare system is screwed. But the number one problem is, in my opinion, is the lobbyists. The lobbyists in D.C., the big pharma is out of control. I think we have to put a limitation on the amount of money they can put into super PACs and what they can do lobbying-wise, because that's where the corruption comes from. What's your plan for health care? I think we should just, just strip lobbying altogether. I don't really see a benefit that comes out for it other than corruption, because it seems like everything that's attached to like a super PAC or a lobby, eventually somebody's getting arrested and, you know, getting six days in jail and a slap on the wrist. But the consequences yeah. seem to be real. As far as healthcare goes, I live in a district that we're being stripped. I live in a very rural part of Texas. A lot of our small hospitals that we have around here, they're not sufficient for the needs of the community to even be able to cover larger scale incidents. Now, I come from a farm and ranch and ag area and tractor accidents do happen. People lose fingers, people lose arms, people lose legs. And the hospitals, the smaller hospitals and with the, the way that air flight and everything is here, it's struggling. We're suffering. I think since uh, the incumbent has been in here, don't quote me on these numbers. I'm trying to refer back to an article that I read. But I think we've lost or, or are fixing to lose somewhere around 600 of these rural hospitals all, all the way across the state of Texas that are, are coming. You know, they just don't have the funding. Obamacare needs to be absolutely stripped and burned and the ashes hidden away in some part of Gitmo or the middle of the ocean because it's been an absolute failure. Um, we, we have to stop sending money to other countries. I think that if we would pour... Uh, you know, what are we up to now? Like $183 billion to Ukraine. If we dump that directly into our healthcare system, what would it look like? What would yeah, it and the number is even higher because there's stuff that they've done that they haven't told the American yeah, public. There was a bunch of assets that were seed for some Russian ol oligarchs that were seized from them. And we're talking about hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars. And they actually gave that to Ukraine. At the end of the day, I think the corruption is even deeper on that deal. You, you just nailed it. And I think you're, it, 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 we obviously 
obviously, in my opinion, screw sending these money to the other countries. You know, if if Israel and Palestine want to fight, they should just go ahead and fight and do whatever they're going to do. But I don't understand they why. Have men? This yeah. is, see, this I mean, is, why? When did we become men that want to fight yeah. for their country? Yeah. When did we become the mommy and daddy uh, checkbook? for our Gen Z countries all around the world. And I'm calling them Gen Z. That's just me taking a cheap shot. But at the end of the day, my thought is, what, since when did we become responsible for Ukraine doing that? Well, why do we have to pay for their, their decision? They decided to put the bio labs in. They decided to start negotiating with NATO about putting the missiles in. Uh, Putin told them not to do it. Uh, you know, I don't believe that he's wrong in the behavior. That, I'm not saying that I agree with everything that uh, Putin has ever done. But at the end of the day, he's been dealing with the consequences of the Azov Nazis and lots of other things in that uh, issue with Ukraine. And I don't think I'd have been accepting of it. It's kind of like how I would deal with the cartels. I wouldn't play around. I, I mean, I would put an entire drone force and we would just start taking out targets. I would give the president 96 hours to clean it up. I'd say, you either shut it down, you clean it up, you put your military there, or I'm going to use my military. You can call it military engagement. You can call it a war if you want. I don't give a shit. We're going to go after them with everything we have. And if I couldn't do it with the drones, I would spend in, send in special forces. But speaking of that, farm and ranch, major issue. What the frick is China? George, you know, you and I have had this discussion. <laughs> give me your thoughts on... Chinese, first of all, the weather balloon thing, I don't have any idea why that weather balloon or any other air, what weather I don't balloon? care if it's a UFV or the Chinese weather balloon. That wasn't weather I don't balloon. believe that that should have ever been allowed. I would have shot it down the minute it got within 50 feet, you know, 50 miles of our border. It would have been down at the end of the day, because obviously that territory up there wasn't very full where it was coasting across, but it was a controlled device. The NFSC have disclosed it. George, Farm and ranch, China buying up our farmland, uh, or even Bill Gates. Yeah, I was just going to say matter. Bill Gates. You know, yeah, look, Bill Gates buying up our land. Just like, just look at it like Soros right now is buying up all the radio stations. They just for the yeah. upcoming election. It wouldn't just, happen on my watch. Not mine George either. Soros, that look. wrinkly old bastard, he'd be stuffed in a sea container down at Gitmo along with Alexander. I mean, Alexander Soros now has said he's dating Huma Abedin. Yeah. That's got, I, don't, I don't know if they're trying to create the ultimate evil baby. I don't know exactly, <laughs> but two, I don't know if there's two worse people you could connect. But, I mean, this farm and ranch thing, George, we've talked about this. And they're buying the farms next to military and other uh, industrial locations that support our military. I don't know if you've seen the map that matches them up, but it's incredible. Yeah, I mean, you know, besides besides the point of that, like, why are we allowing another country to buy land here anyways? I mean, their investiture shouldn't be in land. If they want to do trade, if they want to, like, try and, you know, do product exchanges with the GDP to try to advance the American system that's fine as long as it benefits americans but yeah you know and then we have all these other countries that are coming in too so a big concern for people in my area who are in ag who have you know cows and sheep and everything else is we have low quality meats that are infiltrating our systems and it's driving down the cost of beef which doesn't support or help anyone in my area particularly with the you know as much overhead cost as it takes to run these dairy farms to run these beef processing plants you know, and the people that work for them, too. It's really becoming a struggle. And then don't even get me started on this genetically modified lab-grown meat that's beginning to infiltrate our systems. It's just, it's inhumane, first of all. I'm not eating that crap. And if it's going to come from another country, there needs to be a labeling system. That way people can identify where they get their products from. Because I'll be honest with you, the quality of beef is way down. 
with this stuff that's penetrating through here. And it's causing families in my area to suffer, and I'm going to fight for them because I, I don't want to see that happen in the U.S. Who wants a bad steak? I mean, who wants, you know, low-grade chicken where you don't have good, you know, vaccines and stuff to take care of? Because this third-world meat, it's absolutely ridiculous how low in quality that it is. And then as far as ranching, you know, and, and the rest of ag, you know, for our growers, overhead costs are astronomical, not to mention, you know, being able to get funding from banks has become all but impossible with Bidenomics because of the way that he's run it into the ground. If we can't grow the things that we need from the soil that God has gifted us to do things, it's not going to be very easy for us because if there's no fruits of the labor that we're putting in because we can't even get the work started, we're in serious, serious trouble here. And then as far as I agree with you. Bill Gates and then buying everything up, I'm not for anything that's genetically modified. I don't. There's uh, no doubt. Obviously, you, mean you, you, don't, want, a, you don't want meat yes. that's really made of soybeans. No, yeah. I, you know, I just don't. I don't see Wait, a way. You should have got that. <laughs> they're, they're, they're peddling the insect loaf. I mean, among everything else, right? It, you know, at the end of the day, I'm surprised we're not talking about Soylent Green at this point. I, you know, and I believe this. I believe these are all, everything that they're doing is to undermine the country. We've always had plentiful food supplies, but the costs are astronomical at this point. I believe we've seen inflation numbers that are 17 to 30% on many products. We've seen shrinkflation. And, and you're right, our quality has gone down. The health of Americans across the table, and I believe a lot of it's got to do with the fructose corn syrup they use and the sugars. At the end of the day, you look at pictures from the 1950s and how healthy everybody was, and now we've got this major obesity problem. Turbo cancer could be related to things that just happened during the pandemic. Who knows? At the end of the day, we're seeing these major increases. We've talked to some major insurance providers across the country, and they're seeing some stuff that has never happened in the curve as far as the health of Americans and what that's doing to, of course, for example, the cost of health insurance, the cost of life insurance. These are these are astronomical numbers, and it's really contentious because you wonder, okay, is this is this a planned event? The destruction of production facilities, even in Texas, you've seen quite a few burn down and get destroyed. I, it, it just seems yeah. suspicious as you know what. It doesn't seem like something we can trust. But nobody's really investigating it because nobody really wants to talk about it because I think it's part of the operation, right? That's how they destroy the country. They have to take away our, uh, you know, our independence, our, our, our fuel independence, right, obviously. And then they want to obviously, you know, uh, damage our food supply, take control of our food supply, create inferior products for the market. Now they now we've got the problem that our dollar is under attack. BRICS has got a plan. But, of course, it's our fault allowing the Federal Reserve Bank to create this fiat currency that's an absolute freaking joke. And the way they print money, they act like it's an unlimited resource. These trillions are just completely fabricated out of thin air because there's nothing backing the currency anyway, and they're charging us to print the bills. You know, you think about the stupidity of that. Again, I think the entire uh, ownership of the Federal Reserve Bank should be arrested in one night, all DNA, all the way through the family members, and they should be snatched up and rolled up. That's what I would do. They wouldn't like me much for it, but I would put us back on gold and silver standard. We need, we need another well, army, Lance, just to make all the rest you want, bro. Man, uh, dude, I, I'll tell you what. You give me about 500 guys and give me the budget, I guarantee I can knock it out. I'll get J Sheriff Joshua James to join us. I'm sure he'd like to kick in a few doors. Maybe he'd kick in Nancy Pelosi's door for us. At the end of the day, only if it was legal. Of course, you know, I'm obviously uh, talking about legal. 
Yeah, it's got to be legal. At the end of the day, you got to use our laws that are already in we're place. Not, we're not Democrats. We do things legal here. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not suggesting anything illegal, and I never would. Peaceful resolution and fixing this country is my first plan. I don't, don't got to hide cash in my house like yeah. some people. Yeah. I don't, I'm not going to say names. Yeah, Danny Fanny Willis. Willis. You know. So, George, <laughs> I, I know you saved some information. We probably want to cover some of this while we have some time. I don't know how much time we have. Do you want to cover some of the Fannie Willis stuff, buddy? You know what, Lance? We'll, we'll get Ryan's view on Fannie Willis, huh? It's a big yeah. day in the news. You can even bring Sheriff. You know what? I want to bring here. I'm going to just bring a couple clips real quick. We're just going to jump around. I'm just going to play media for it, and we'll talk about it, because this is just crazy shit. Hold on. R-P-E-I. Yes. I don't know what happened to it. You want to go back to, you want to try Media One while you're trying to fix that one? Yeah. What the This hell? is her actually saying that you shouldn't sleep with employees. She believes there should be a policy in place. Oh, yeah. Oh, Fannie Willis on the video. stand today. Uh, she actually. Ready? I'm ready. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, because let's they deserve a DA that won't have sex with his employees. Because they deserve a DA that won't put money in their own pocket when it should go to benefit children. Because we deserve better. Keep going the same things, looping. And do you yeah, you, it loops. Yeah, Jesus, I don't know what happened to that one. So, that, was, that was the friend that that um said uh, Fannie Willis and Wade were having a relationship before um she hired him. Yeah, this is a, this is a longtime friend who so, actually so to signed. Me, hold on, Lance. She signed yeah. an affidavit stating this. Now Fannie Willis didn't sign no affidavit or none of that. She's trying to refute this stuff, but and it's not only her. There's other people too because. Fanny Willis, she wasn't a happy camper today. I'm going to say that. Well, well my opinion, and I want to see if Ryan agrees or not, uh, it seems to me like um, that would immediately, at most companies, be an immediate firing, sleeping with staff. She can call him an agent. She tried to act, well, he's a subcontractor. He's an agent. That doesn't really mean anything because she was still his supervisor, his direct supervisor. The government does a lot of work with subcontractors and agents. I don't think there's anything different. What do you think about this? Because I think this is a major issue, and this is the problem. It doesn't matter whether it's a prosecutor. And I also believe that George Soros is being allowed to do things he shouldn't be, which is supporting uh, paying, uh, you know, uh, Secretary of State in many states, taking control of, uh, you know, uh, uh, prosecutors in different states. We see a lot of engagement. What do you think of this, Ryan? What are your thoughts? I think it goes back to the same principle of everything that's happened. Rules for thee, but not for me. And it just, it's the same told story over and over again where corruption reigns. I, I even got to overhear the part today where um, they went on all these big fancy vacations and they used his personal credit card and then she paid him back with taxpayer money. You know, like, like with cash. <laughs> if I misappropriate it, I promise you right now with where I'm standing, if I misappropriate one dollar, 
the FEC is going to come after me. They're going to prosecute me, and I'm going to go to prison for the full yeah. extent because of being a domestic terrorist who was at the Capitol on January 6th. Now, did you right. hear she actually made a major mistake today, and George is going to play it. it. I got that she acknowledges that she took money from her campaign funds for personal use. George, go ahead and play the video. Now, listen to this. Now, obviously, the FCC, FEC should be snatching her up right now with an indictment. So go yeah. ahead, George. Whole life, when I took out a large amount of money on my first campaign, I kept some of the cash of that. Like, to tell you, I just have cash in my house. I don't have as much today. She don't have as much as today. You know, the question is, here's <laughs> the thing. A lot, this is what they didn't ask. Two things. When, um, when Wade was saying... He had the cash, right? She she paid him in cash. First, when he took cash from his clients at his law firm, did he did he claim it on his taxes? That's number one. Number two, he also stated that he used his corporate card for both personal and business and gave it to his accountant to separate it. That's a big no-no right there. That's a red flag. But number three is nobody asked when she paid him back when in cash, what did he do with that cash? Did he deposit it? Do we have bank records? Or is he keeping cash in the house, too? No one asked that question. I want to know that, even though they're done. Because if you watch... Well, they, obviously, they yeah. didn't want the paper trail. That's why she used cash. I mean, that is why you would do it in that situation, right? They were so bad. And she's a, she's a district attorney. I was, we, me and Lance were talking about this. She knows how, to, how she should be able to handle herself when she's getting questioned. When, the way she was acting, she just shows guilty. All the way, through and through. Well, she... I believe she was operating as if she thinks she's above the law, and she was insulted because her opening statement was, I'm not on trial here. They're on trial for trying to steal an election. She was trying to redirect the issue, and, and my issue is, this is the problem, right? It's the lack of morality, ethics, and integrity in our in our uh, d d Department of Justice or in our, our, uh, our executive branch and our judicial branch. What we have is... It's all, it's all the way down to the bottom, right? This person should have been fired immediately. She says that, well, pending an investigation, Fannie Willis is suspended. We're assigning a new, uh, a new person to uh, you know, Donald Trump's case or whatever. She should have been fired immediately. But this is what I mean. Where can you, other than in the government, where can you absolutely be a worthless sack of shit employee and get away with it other than in our own government? You see it at the county level, the state level, and at the federal level. What do you got thoughts on that, Ryan? Well, I I just think that one of the biggest things that I'd like to talk about whenever I talk about my campaign or the reasons that I'm running is that it's people like this that were handling me whenever I was at the D.C. Gulag, whenever I had chemicals put into my food, whenever I had... Uh, raw chicken stuffed into the water line to sabotage my drinking water that made me very violently ill to where I came out, I came in at 130 pounds and came out, or sorry, came in at 180 and came out at 130. There is a very, very big diverse network of people who do not have morals. And as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And I believe that we don't fight against flesh and blood right now. I believe that it is principalities. I believe that it is people who do not have a moral compass or ethics for that matter. I believe that our government, our Department of Justice, has been hijacked by a tyrannical group of people who, one, are not Christians, and two, do not even try to ascertain any type of color of law. They just try to make it up as they go with the rules for thee, but not for me aspect, because 
when they get caught, what happens to them realistically? All their friends are the ones that are trying them. They get these plea deals. They get all this. Public servants, when you mess up, whenever you do something like this, you should do hard time. The American people chose you to go and represent them and to do things, particularly when you're an attorney of all things who's supposed to know the law. Because I've been to court, and I've been there, and if I didn't know something was illegal, what did they tell me? Ignorance of the law is no excuse, and they know the law. So there's just a bunch of ignorance, and that's the way that I feel about it. It's a bunch of ignorance. Yeah. People are not following what they signed up to do. And I think it's intentional deceit for sure, George. And and, and I apologize, Ryan. We're we're out of time for tonight. We are, uh, George. I know. Yes, I know you were uh, against the clock as always. It's hard to cut off when we're running deep, and you're providing so many facts. Uh, first of all, I want to say thanks for coming tonight. We appreciate it. We're here to help you in any way you can with your congressional run. Obviously, we need people like you in D.C. that want to make a difference, that, that are incorruptible. Yeah, at the end of the day, you know, it's God, country, family for me. That's the way I think, and I know George does too. Yes. George, uh, yes. what, what would you like to add? I just want to say, um, real, real quick, I want to ask him a quick question. Where, where are you at in the polls right now? Do you I know? don't believe in polls. I believe in going door to door and calling people. Polls or whatever. My, my deal is, is, as an elected official, I want to reach the people that are in my district because I'm their equal. And if I if I don't know them, if I don't talk to them, if I don't see them, then they shouldn't respect me and I shouldn't have their vote. All right. Because I know you're going door knocking. I know you're working it out there. So that I know because I'm, you know, that's yes, what you got to do. Just go out there and meet the people and, you know, let them meet you. And they, they don't forget faces or names. So I'd, I'd like to hear feedback from your group tonight too. So I'd like to leave all my contacts where people could reach out to me as well. My, um, my group provide that now. My provide group that now says so they want a it. song. Yeah, <laughs> I'm telling you, it's I'll work on it. Sure. All right, so give give us where can they donate, uh, contribute to your campaign? Where can they find you on your website? Also, your social media. Give us all the details of how people get a hold of you, Ryan. How they can keep an eye on you and participate. All right, so uh, the first and best place that you can get a hold of me is on um, – get out of here. It's on my website. It's ryanzink.vote. That's R-Y-A-N-Z-I-N-K.vote. Yep. The second place that you can catch me is on X. I am on there. It's Ryan Z for Congress. I'm okay. on X there. And then at Real Ryan Z on True Social – I don't have Facebook or Instagram or YouTube because it would appear that I have a lifetime ban from them. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg <laughs> and Meta, I have, uh, I've actually appealed in the last week. I've been going on three years trying to get back on Facebook, and they're committing you mean, election you mean, interference. They're, by suppressing, not allowing they're suppressing a congressional candidate right now. Say that, yeah. Yeah. And I have addressed this openly to all media platforms that I've been on. And, uh, you know, I just uh, I'd like to thank you guys, you know, for giving me the opportunity. I didn't really get to talk much about my incarceration uh, in D.C., which is really the reason that I ran for Congress was to make sure that, you know, that nobody would ever be tortured again for, you know, words. Um, but, uh, you know, I just uh, I have a deep I have a deep faith uh, in my God and my country and my family that I believe that we can still fix America because I, I think that it doesn't matter who sits at the desk of the Oval Office or who walks the halls of Congress or who sits in the Senate chambers and what they do after hours up there, that Jesus Christ is still king. And that as long as our nation will repent and will return back to him, that we will prosper once again. 
And that for those of you that are in fear right now that are like, I really don't know what to do. 365 times in the Bible, it tells us, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. One for each day of the year. And that's all I ask you to do. Make sure you're registered to vote. Research your candidates. Vet them out. Say your prayers. Pray for this country. And I think that we can fix everything together. God bless. Where's well, Joshua? Very well said. Joshua, come say hello real quick. Don't be bashful. Hello. What's up, man? Hey, this guy's not taking a paycheck. No federal paycheck. You and any other congressman doing that? If I can, if I can get a group of people, a group of patriots that are around me that will hold my accountability to me, I will forego a federal paycheck as long as that group of people will make sure that I get in and out of D.C. and that my house is taken care of and that I have vehicles to drive. I'm willing to forego a federal paycheck. And, you know, and, and, and that's not something normal for D.C., and it obviously says a lot about your character. We appreciate it. DC's of course, expensive. Joshua James at your side says a lot about your character also. At least that's what we believe here on the Big Meg Show. We think it's important. Uh, it's not one of those situations. This is not easily fixable. It's going to take some very tough individuals to make some very tough choices and to hold the line. George. Um, yeah, I just want to bring up the give, send, go real quick. Hold on, Lance. So Please. we have Punisher Dem, 1776. He's a Patriot need. He's give, send, go. Link's in the chat. Link will be in the more section. So if you can, just donate a dollar. We got to reach his goal so he doesn't get kicked out of his, lose his house because the IRS is coming after him because he keeps putting out truth on X and true social. Yeah. And they're trying to actually shut him down by, by bringing this they won't even suit. give him any of the paperwork. Here's another case going on where they won't give him any of the proof showing he even owes the money. Yeah, and he's a veteran, too. Well, that's their favorite thing to do, man. I mean, you, you know, the burden of proof is on who? Nobody yeah, it's, knows. It's anymore. lawfare. <laughs> yeah, the At judge, the end of the day, they have to drain your resources, and they have to bring you to your knees. Lawfare is a weaponization of our legal system. It's being used yeah. against Donald Trump. It's been used against Roger Stone, General Flynn, and many others, and we have to put an end to that. And there have to be consequences for weaponizing our government agencies against we the people. So it's tip of the spear. If liberty means anything at all, it means the right to tell people what they do not want to hear. We want to thank our listeners and subscribers, as always. If you're over on... X, G Ballantine, The Big Mig Show, Lance Miliacho. If you're on Rumble, hit that subscribe button, hit the like button, the thumbs up. Joshua James, what's your uh, what's your X account handle just so we can get you some follows maybe? I have uh, two. I, I got to have backups for everything because I'm having accounts deleted. But Exactly. Uh, <laughs> Sheriff J. James and Gov Joshua James. Gotcha. So make sure you give those a follow. Obviously, we have to work together. That's how we disseminate the message. This is how we unify the country. Forget the party. You guys have to remember, it is we the people against this government at this point, and it is a tyrannical government. This is the government the founders and framers were worried about. George, take us out when you're ready. I'm ready. I was born ready. Look at the shirt, man. The man, the myth, the legend's right here. So thank you so much, Ryan, for um, coming on the show. We, we, we'll try to do whatever we can to get you to the finish line. Please let us know. Um, Sheriff, I expect that song real soon from him. You could help him out with a duet, maybe. I don't care. Just do get it, it done. <laughs> I want to see it done. I want this man in Congress. End the story. We got to get him in. Love you. All right. We will see you tomorrow night. We got another guest tomorrow night, seven o'clock Eastern. Ciao.
out for your toughest jobs or your most rugged excursions. Introducing Sea of Mud Apparel, your go-to destination for clothing that embodies the relentless spirit of rural America. We were blue collar before it was cool to say you work for a living. Let your clothes speak for you. Embrace quality, comfort, and the American way. Shop now at seaofmud.com. Patriots, listen up. It's time to wake up and smell the freedom. Beard Vet Coffee is here to fuel your American spirit. This isn't just coffee. It's a battle cry in a cup, a declaration of love for the land of the free and the home of the brave. Crafted by the hands of those who've walked the walk, talked the talk, and, yeah, grown the damn beard. Vet founded, vet focused, and beard operated. This is coffee with a mission, a purpose, and a testament to the unyielding American spirit. It's a tribute to the tireless resolve that courses through the veins of our great nation. This is the taste of victory, the flavor of freedom, the coffee that stands as firm as our belief in America's destiny to lead and never to kneel. Beard Vet Coffee is more than a brand. It's a legacy steeped in the principles that make America great. It's for those who stand with pride under the stars and stripes, who uphold the values that light the torch of liberty for the world to see. So, are you ready to supercharge your day the American way? Beard Vet Coffee is not just a choice. It's a declaration of independence from mediocre mornings. Bold, brave, unbound, brewed for the American patriot. Beard Vet Coffee, make your mornings great again. I'm excited to announce that we're having our biggest Christmas sale ever. You get our brand new six-piece My Towels for only $29.98 or rejuvenate your bed with a MyPillow mattress topper as low as $99.99. Or how about MyPillow bed sheets for as low as $24.98? There's something for everyone. Duvets, quilts, down comforters, body pillows, bolster pillows, and so much more. Well, I know my pillow products make for the perfect Christmas gifts, so I'm going to extend my money-back guarantee until March 1st, 2024. So go to MyPillow.com now or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to get huge discounts on all my pillow products. For example, you get our six-piece towels for only $29.98 or get your very own MyPillow bed sheets for as low as $24.98. It's our biggest Christmas sale ever. Get all your shopping done now while quantities last. Welcome to the next generation of warfare, psychological warfare. In modern conflict, the mind is a potent weapon. Discover General Michael T. Flynn's groundbreaking guide, The Citizen's Guide to Fifth Generation Warfare. Unlock tactics, strategies, and the mindset to navigate this cognitive battlefield that we all find ourselves in. Equip yourself against manipulation and emerge unscathed. Unleash your potential. Order now. 